0: give me 25 i'm the gunny it's it's time for the gunny the, gunny, the, gunny, gunny. Yeah. the quarterdeck lights 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 get in line right now you got 10 9 8 7 6 5 4 3 2 1 0 hello my bunch of knuckle dragging beer drinking hard charging devil dogs you're listening to the quarterdeck i am your host miguel the gunny signs get off the bus. i do, so the I do I swear. saw him swear there's support you, Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. You're listening to the Quarterdeck with Miguel the Gunny Signs. This week on the quarter deck we're going to go ahead and continue our conversation about disability compensation this week we're going to go ahead and discuss how do you file that claim what do you actually do to file your disability claim to earn the benefit that you've earned because of your time in the service our book no greater friend no worst enemy is moving along and this week we're going to go ahead and continue on and learn a little bit more of the process of the 1st Marine Division preparing for their deployment and their maneuverability into the country of Iraq to finally liberate the people of Iraq from Saddam Hussein. The quarter deck. We're going on three weeks now. Three weeks of us discussing the VA disability process and claims. And how important it is for you as an active duty service member or a veteran to get this submitted and put into place because you're going to be able to benefit from it in the long run. Even if you may not have like severe disabilities right now, if you get these things considered to be service connected in the future, if they happen to get worse, and it's not a question of if, it's when they get worse in the future because the older we get, the more worn out our body is going to be. With everything that you've done on active duty service, your body has gone through a heck of a lot, whether it's all the hikes, the humps that you did, lifting up all of the heavy equipment that you've done throughout the years. All of these things are going to affect you because you have a lot of wear and tear on your body. That's why it's important for you to file a disability claim when you're about to separate from the service, because now you can get all those things documented now. And when they start getting worse in the future, you're going to be able to file a claim, even if you don't want to do one. And don't get any compensation right before you get out of the service. You want to go ahead and get it put into place to make sure that you're set up for the future, so when things do happen to get worse, you can submit a type of claim that we're gonna talk about here today to help you to actually get the compensation that you deserve because of that time that you spent in active duty service. So let's go ahead and move on and start talking about the types of VA disability claims and when to file. How do you know that? You have to find out when you can first file the claim for service, connected benefits, and what to do if you want to request more benefits, or maybe you have new evidence to support your claim if something was denied in the past, again, we go back to what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, having the evidence that you need to have in order to support your claim for you to be able to actually get compensation for that. Now you can still file a claim and apply for benefits during the coronavirus pandemic. I can't speak anymore. The coronavirus pandemic has put a little stop to a lot of services for in-person assistance. The VA is no different, so you need to make sure that you go to va.gov. Remember, that's our go-to website for you to be able to get any updates or anything regarding anything dealing with the coronavirus pandemic and any special instructions that may require for you to have in order for you to actually go in person and actually get assistance for all those things. Now, let's talk about when do you actually file the claim. The first one we're going to talk about is going to be your original claim. What this is, this is your first claim for disability compensation. So the very first one that you are going to submit. Now, the first thing that I want you to understand is that there is no time limit for you to submit a disability claim. You can submit a claim whenever you want. You do not necessarily have to do it right before you get out of the service. You can do it years and years down the road, but the sooner you do it, when you get out of the service, the better it's going to be for you to get a lot of things service connected because you're just getting out of the service. Everything can be related right away now that you're still in active service and you're about to get out. If you wait years and years down the road, how are you going to prove that it happened when you were in active duty service if you've been out for so many years? You've had other jobs, you've done other things. These things could have happened during that time frame, and that's what the VA is going to look at. They're going to look at all those things. So it is important for you to take a look at this. And the most important thing is to have the evidence that you need in order to support that claim. Okay. So let's talk about how to file a claim while you're still on active duty service. And yes, you can file a claim while you're still on active duty service. If you are between 180 and 90 days left on active duty, you may be eligible to submit a pre-discharge claim through the benefits delivery at discharge program or the BDD claim. Now, this can help you to speed up the claim decision process so you can get your benefits sooner. Why is that beneficial to you? Because you are going to be able to actually submit that claim. So now, how can this actually help you to speed up that claim process or the decision process so you're able to get your benefits a lot sooner? There's a couple of ways that it does that. Okay. With the BDD claim, since you are within 180 and 90 days left, on active duty, the VA is gonna have enough time to actually do your VA disability appointments before you separate from the service. So this is why it can speed up the decision process because all the appointments are already gonna be done. They're gonna be completed. And now all you're waiting for is the day after you get out of the service for them to actually submit your claim to get processed and then that process is going to go a lot sooner because they already have all of the evidence that they need. Now again, along with this claim on va.gov, there is a link on there that can help you to find out more information regarding your pre-discharge claim. However, all of you that are still on active duty service and within that time frame, right now all of you guys should be actually going through the separations program and receiving all of your TAP briefs and every base that is on there right now has a VA benefits advisor located there or one will come to your base your wherever you're located at where these classes are being held and they're going to give you an actual class a brief on all of these benefits that we are talking about here on our podcast now, I used to teach these classes, like I mentioned to you guys a lot, a lot earlier. And I think it was maybe about the first episode that we talked about disability compensation. So what's that? Two weeks ago that I, I mentioned that to you guys. And it's a six-hour brief that is given to you starting from all the different benefits that are out there from disability compensation, how to purchase a home, uh, medical. All those different things are on there, and they're going to discuss all those things with you. So take advantage of them use them as your go-to resource on your base regarding the pre-discharge claim process. Now, some of you are probably asking the question, Miguel, but what if I'm less than 90 days from getting out on active duty? Can I still do a claim to submit a claim or, or am I just out of luck and I can't submit a claim? Well, the one thing is that you can't file a claim through the BDD program. Don't get discouraged. Okay, you can still file a claim before you're discharged and your claim is going to be processed after you separate as what is known as a fully developed or standard claim. Only one difference in these two different programs. Of course, with the BDD program, all your appointments and everything are done before you separate out of the service. With the fully developed claim, all your appointments are going to be done after you separate from the service because there's just not enough time for them to actually handle all of those appointments before you separate from the service. Now, have you heard me talk about you know the day after you get out of the services when your claim is going to be processed? Now, what I mean by that is that it's the de- the last day, the day after your last active duty service
1: date. Now, what does that mean? Think about that for one second. When I am now a veteran, that is when
0: you're going to be able to actually start receiving VA benefits or disability compensation. That is why I keep harping on the day after you get out of the service or the day after your last day of active duty service. Now, what that actually means, a lot of individuals get confused. Remember, if you go on terminal leave, you're still on active duty. You're not out of the service yet. So your last day of terminal leave, the day after that, now you are officially out of active duty service and now you are a veteran. That is why they wait till the day after you get out of the service to start processing your claim. Because they cannot do anything with it until you're officially out of the service. Now the one thing that you want to make sure that you do is that you send them your a copy of your DD214 to them as soon as you receive it. Now, I'm going to tell you from experience, from my own experience. When I retired out of the Marine Corps back in 2015, I didn't know that. I I figured that the VA was going to receive a copy of my DD-214 once I got out of the service because the Marine Corps was going to send it to them. And yes, they're going to send it to them. However, what you need to understand is that each individual service only submits paperwork to the VA during certain times throughout the fiscal year. So it took a long time. It took six months for them to receive my DD-214 from the Marine Corps. If I would have just scanned a copy of it, emailed it to the VA, my claim would have been done so much faster because they were waiting for their DD-214 to actually finalize the claim. So it took about six months after I got out of the service for the claim to actually be processed. Still, it's not a very long time. Compared to the way it was years ago that it took forever for a claim to be processed, that's not long at all. Now, if I would have sent that to them and they would have had it right away, it would have been done so much faster. With that being said, if the claim takes six months or so after they start processing it for you to get processed and they determine that you are eligible for disability compensation, they will backdate your claim to the first of the month, the day after you got out of the service. Okay, so let's say you got out on the 15th of the month, that was your last day of service, they're going to backdate it to the first of the following month. And you'll get all that back pay. So one day you wake up in the morning when your claim is processed, and there's going to be a huge chunk of change inside your bank account because they're going to back pay all that stuff back to you. So it's very important. Now let's talk about that for just a second. Remember, I mentioned that there is no timeframe for you to actually submit a disability claim. This is one thing that I always tell all the service members. If you don't want to submit a claim right now when you're about to get out of service, that's perfectly fine. Maybe you're still waiting on additional evidence that you you want to submit for maybe procedures that you're still getting done now before you get out of the service, and that's perfectly fine. Wait for those days, but make sure that you submit a claim within a year of you separating from the service. This is the reason I say that. If you submit your claim within a year of you getting out, they will backdate your claim to the first of the month, the day after you got out of the service. So let's think about that for one second.
1: Remember, I said they will backpay you, right? So as long as you do it within that year, they will backpay you
0: all of that back pay if you are eligible for disability compensation. Now what happens if you submit the claim 366 days after you separate from the service? You're no longer within that year time frame. Now your claim is only going to be backdated to the date that the VA receives your application. Okay, so big difference there. So that's why it's very very important that you submit that claim within a year of you separating from the service because it's going to benefit you in the long run. Okay, it's going to go ahead and benefit you to make sure you do that stuff. So, you know, gather your evidence, get everything put together so you can submit the claim either through the BDD claim process or a fully developed claim if you want to do that. But make sure that you do that within a year of you getting out of the service so you're eligible to get all that back pay for you to make sure that you have that. Okay, you can also file a claim for disability that appears after you discharge. Okay, this is called a post service claim. There is no time limit on filing a post-service claim, but you, what you need to know is that the process may become more complex the longer that you wait. Okay, just like we mentioned earlier, the longer you wait, the harder it is going to be to prove that these things happened while you were still on active duty service. Okay, and on va.gov, a lot more information regarding how to submit this claim and what you need in order to submit it, you know, the kind of evidence that you're going to do and all those things. And this is including any disabilities that appear within a year after your discharge or anything you may believe that was caused by contact with some kind of hazardous materials while you were in active duty. Um, anything related to service in Southeast Asia, Gulf war service, you know, Gulf war syndrome, all those things like that, or anything that may uh, have happened, uh, regarding any kind of disabilities for any time that maybe you spent as a prisoner of war POW those that's very rare nowadays because not too many people are being held as POWs. Okay, so again, va.gov, you're able to get a lot more information regarding that stuff and everything else. Next is an increase claim. This is where you can file a claim for more compensation on a disability that you've already been determined to be service connected by the VA. But now it's gotten worse. It's gotten worse as the years go by. So now you want to request an increase, you can submit an increase for this disability compensation. If that service connected condition is already there, it's already rated service connected and you're still going to see and get seen by the doctor and stuff and everything else. And it's getting worse. Okay. So you got to submit all the up-to-date medical evidence that shows the disability has gotten worse, submit a claim for an increase and then they'll take a look at that stuff and everything else. And they'll determine whether it is uh, it is an increase if it's gotten worse and they can rate, they can increase your percentage for that disability rating. And what that means to you is that you're, you're going to be able to get an increase in how, however much you're receiving on disability compensation in that stipend every single month for you to actually do that, okay? And va.gov, again, the resources are there. There's more information on that. And then you submit this claim, and then they're going to go ahead and process that stuff and everything else. Now, once you submitted your original claim, all that stuff is being put in there, you can submit a new claim after that, Okay. You can file a claim for added benefits or other benefit requests related to anything existing that is service connected later on in the future. Now, remember, I talked about how important it is for you to file that original claim before you get out of the service. This is why, okay. If you have certain conditions that are there, they're already service connected and now there's other additional issues, or maybe you forgot to put some things on your original claim because you had a brain fart. And believe me, I've done that in the past as well. We have to make sure that you write down everything to make sure that you get everything put into that. But if you forget something, submit a new claim, put that in there, get those things put in there. The VA already has your medical records from active duty service. You can include that to them as well. Give it to them. So that way they have that stuff and everything else. And this means more financial support, more special monthly payments for that stuff. And it could shift you to the the category of being the the unemployability status. Which is a status that is given to veterans who are unable to work because of disabilities. That can put you into that category too as well, depending on if that's something that you want or not. They can put you as unemployable, and that's going to open up the door for other stuff and everything else that may be eligible uh, through the VA for you to have that stuff. Now, a secondary service-connected claim. This is a claim that you can file for a new disability that may be linked to something that is already service-connected that you already have. So you you can submit this claim and get more disability benefits for that disability with that linkage for that stuff. Okay. Let me give you an example for that. So let's say you develop arthritis that is caused by a service connected knee injury that you got while you were in active duty. That's one. Or maybe you develop some kind of heart disease that caused high blood pressure. You were diagnosed while you were in active duty and you know, it was previously concluded that it was connected to your service. That's another example of a secondary service connected claim. Now, there's also what is known as a special claim. Now, this is a a claim for special needs that may be linked to your service connected disability. Now, to file the special claim, you have to file a request for compensation for special needs. Now, some of the things that this can include is like a specially equipped vehicle for your service connected disability that could prevent you from driving. Or maybe temporary payments if you're recurring from surgery or other treatments and are unable to move. Increased payments if you can't work because of your service-connected disability. So what this means is that that special claim, they can actually increase your rating up to 100% for a certain period of time because you're not able to work and all that stuff because of that disability. Or like I said earlier, maybe you've had some kind of surgery, and now you can't work for all those things. So those are, that's another type of special claim that can be put in there. A supplemental claim is where you provide new evidence to support a disability claim that was already denied. And this happens all the time. I've seen a lot of claims that get denied, and that is because not enough evidence was submitted, or the individual veteran or active duty service member just failed to provide the evidence because they're like, oh, whatever, they don't need it. Or they don't give them their medical records or anything else, and they're going to deny the claim. If they don't receive anything from the individual service member or veteran, it's automatically going to get denied. And that's probably by far one of the most common reasons that I've seen that a claim gets denied because the evidence just wasn't provided or the VA tried to contact the veteran and they couldn't contact them. So you need to make sure that you keep your information current and up to date on VA.gov, on eBenefits, keep it current to make sure that they know where you are. Okay, so that's supplemental claim. Now, it can be filed if you meet uh, these requirements that I'm going to go over, okay? And I'm going to read this verbatim out of va.gov and you can go in there and look at it yourself. Now, all these statements have to be true. We denied your disability claim and you didn't file an appeal at that time. And you have a new and relevant evidence, new supporting documents like a doctor's report or medical test results that we haven't seen before. And that's directly related to your claim. Okay. An example of this is that you might file a supplemental claim. And let's say you were treated for pain in your elbow while you were on active duty, but you were denied disability benefits because your VA health exam did not find a problem. Two years later, an x-ray of your elbow shows signs of arthritis that had painful swelling and sometimes wearing down of a joint. In this case, you would need to send your new exam and x-ray results and the new evidence related to the claim to the VA so they can reconsider this claim and actually submit it for you to get compensation. So as you can see, there's lots of different claims. And, you know, our segment has drug on this week because there's just so much information on how to submit the claim, how to put it in there and all those things and everything. And like everything else, you can do everything now online, submit your claim online or still do it in person. All the forms, all the documents that you may need in order to fill out the claim, you can get from va.gov. va.gov. Just search for documents and submit the claim. To do it online, you simply just follow it on there. Now you can put that on there and stuff and everything and get that submitted to make sure that you actually submit that. Now the VA also has online what is known as an intent to file. If you submit an intent to file, you have one year to fill out fill out all the forms, all the documentation, upload all the evidence to file that claim. It will be backdated to the date they received that intent to file. So if, you're, if you are planning on submitting that claim, I encourage you to file an intent to file as soon as you can. And that gives you a whole year for you to gather all the evidence that you need and submit that claim. Just make sure that you submit it before that year timeframe, that way the claim is there. If not, then you're gonna to have to submit another intent to file and your timeframe is gonna start back over again. So as you can see, a lot of it, a lot of information A lot of things, a lot of different ways to file a disability claim, different types of programs for you to file a disability claim. Take advantage of them. Use it to your advantage because it's going to benefit you. It's going to benefit your family. It's going to allow more doors to open up for you if you have disabilities that are going to be able to help you on the long run. And these benefits are there for you. They're they're there to be able to help you to improve your quality of life. The Quarter Deck is brought to you by Miguel Science Photography. From the beginning of your family to the first birthday and beyond, whether it's a retirement or a Marine Corps ball, Miguel Science Photography is there to make memories that will last a lifetime. Miguel Science Photography is a certified veteran owned business. Contact them at MiguelSciencePhotography.com.
1: What we're going to do right here is go back, way back,
0: back into time. If you're just joining us, you're listening to The Quarter Deck with Miguel, the Gunny Signs, and what a great start to another wonderful week! So much more information regarding VA, but now it's time for us to move forward and start discussing another great chapter in our book. No greater friend, no worse enemy. Like many conflicts that happen throughout history, and I'm pretty sure more are going to happen in the future. There's got to be planning that you know that you have to do in order to talk about. What's going to happen with the casualties that are going to happen that they're going to occur and all those things that are going to happen. You know, it's one thing that, you know, they, you really don't want to have to think about, you don't want to have to plan for, but you know, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Those things will happen. You know, you're going to lose friends. You're going to lose Marines, soldiers, airmen, whatever you're going to be, you're going to lose them because it's just a part of war, just a part of the conflict the way it is and stuff. And things are going to happen. And it was no difference for the 1st Marine Division. You know, and I can remember regarding this whenever we were talking about getting ready to cross the border down there in Iraq, when we were sitting there in Camp Matilda. Now, if you can imagine, nothing but desert around you, okay? Nothing but desert, so you really didn't hear much of anything. It was just kind of the air breezing by and stuff. You know, maybe a crow every once in a while, but there was really nothing there. Living in big old giant tents, that we called circus tents. If you can can use your imagination for a second and think about those big old giant tents that they use for like greenhouses, but they were made out of plastic, like a tannish color plastic material. Inside was the floor that was made out of wooden pallets
1: with plywood on top of these wooden pallets. And that is what we slept in. Very comfy, I know. Makes me wonder why
0: the heck they didn't invest in sleep number beds for us, right? <laughs> what am I kidding, right? They give us the enough things that are built by the lowest bidder. So that's what we had. So we're sitting there in our luxury hotel tents that we called our circus tents, you know? And I can remember because we had a, a get together or not a get together. What is the word that I'm looking for? We had a overall gathering of the whole entire battery and our Sergeant Major wasn't, Oh, I'm promoting him a little earlier. He was our first Sergeant back then, but now he's a Sergeant Major. And, uh, he talked about, uh, about how it was going to be when we went out there, when we actually crossed the border and all those things, because there was only one person in our whole entire battalion. Think about that for a second. A whole battalion thats four batteries of Marines. Each battery had about 150 to 180
1: Marines in it that had never been in combat. Never seen anything at all, but one. One individual that we had that participated in the first Gulf War. So he was there. He had been there before, and he wanted to make sure that he was able to talk to us and let us know, say, hey, these things can happen. He told us that when his best friend died during the initial Gulf War,
0: his blood got splattered all over his uniform. Imagine that.
1: Having your best friend just simply explode in front of you. It is something that sticks with you for the very, very long time. It doesn't go away. Nightmares. Things that trigger those memories
0: always occur, and he told us that. He told us that he still has those bloody
1: camis at home because he can't bear to throw them away because that's his friend. And that's what he wanted to talk to us about. He wanted to let us know about casualties because it's going to happen. It's something that we have no control over. And that is what the 1st Marine Division was planning for. They were planning for
0: the casualties that were going to happen throughout this conflict as soon as we crossed the border into Iraq. Because now here we are, we have people trying to kill us. But if you're anything like me, I'll be damned. I'm going to kill them before they have an opportunity to even come close to me to make sure that I come home to my family. I could care less. Yes, they're not going home to their family, but it's better me than them. And that's the mentality
1: that we have to have. And that is where this whole book comes into play. Yes, we're going there. And that makes us. You know,
0: according to the book, you know, we're no greater friend, no worst enemy. We're going there to be your friend, but by God, don't piss us off. Because we're going to be the worst enemy you've ever encountered in your life. And that was our mentality as we got ready to go get across. So let's go ahead and talk about what the first Marine Division did and how they planned for all these things. So in order to plan for the evacuation movement and treatment of casualties,
1: the division had to estimate the number of casualties expected. I would have hated to have that job because I would have had to estimate how many casualties the 1st Marine Division was going to have.
0: The Division G-1 Operations Officer Captain Cheryl Ryan used a variety of tools to estimate the total number of casualties based on the intelligence estimates of the fight ahead. The initial estimation of casualties was below 5% of the total expected strength of the division. The assessment was used by the Division Surgeon's Office as well as the FSSG to begin the preliminary planning of medical supplies, field hospitals, and resupply. The planned rapid advance of the Division's forces also requires special consideration with respect to casualty evacuation, or CAS evacs, as we call them. The distance that air evacuation platforms would travel and communicate presented challenges to timely evacuations. The division began planning with Navy's medical support, the wing's lift support, and the FSSG administrative and logistical support branches in order to build a swift and effective system for the extract of potential casualties from as far forward as the battlefield as a tactical situation allowed two dedicated air evacuation platforms were provided in direct support of each RCT additionally the us army would have uh60 casivac birds that the division could task if needed speed of evacuation to a fully capable medical facility was a measure of effectiveness to refine techniques and increase the speed of this process the division conducted two casivac drills at the Marine Corps Air Ground Combat Center at 29 Palms, California. The distance and conditions provided by the training base would provide a near-perfect match for those the division would operate under in Iraq only months later. The CG stressed that, as part of our commitment to the Marines of the division, it was imperative we build trust and confidence in the medical system.
1: The best of American warriors would receive the best of American combat medical support. Wow. Okay, If you can imagine, you know, having that job to
0: determine and try to figure out the number of casualties
1: that there were going to be in order to actually plan for that kind of situation. But it's something that had to be done.
0: The division had to prepare for those things because it it's going to happen.
1: And I can still remember clearly the first time that we were informed of the very first casualty and that kind of hit home to all of us because now it was real, we knew that the mission of the Iraqi army was simply to kill Americans. That's what it was. And we have to mentally prepare ourselves because, like I said, it's them or me. And I'm going home. The Quarterdeck. Well, Warriors, it's that time for us to say goodbye for another
0: great week here on the Quarterdeck. This week, we talked a lot more about disability compensations and the different types of claims that you're able to submit throughout the time after you get out of the service or before you're about to get out of the service. So let's not forget about all those different ways that you can submit that claim and get out there. Submit your claim. Get the benefits that you deserve because of your time in the service. With the 1st Marine Division, all that planning and pre-planning of all those different things from supplies, how they're going to maneuver, how they're going to get across the rivers and things. And this week we talked about how they planned for the casualties that were going to happen once they crossed into Iraq, which is something that, you know, nobody wants to really discuss, but it's a job that somebody had to do. So that's how we started progressing onto that stuff and everything else. And now next week we're going to move on and start talking about how they're going to augment
1: the personnel for all the casualties that happens or anything like that. People have to get brought in. People have to be replaced. And that's what we're going to talk about next week. Again, I want to thank everybody
0: for joining me every single week. Our number of downloads are increasing every week, and I appreciate everybody tuning in every single week, listening on whatever podcasting application you're listening to. Remember that we are available in all of those. And also share. Let everybody else know about the information that we talk about let them know that they can reach me on the quarter deck with gunny signs on Facebook. Send me any questions, anything that maybe they want to hear that they want us to discuss here on the quarter deck as well. If anybody's interested in being a guest here on the quarter deck, send me a message, send me a message there on the quarter deck with gunny signs on Facebook, or simply send me a message here on the podcasting application so I can go ahead and reply and we can set up a time to meet up, get together, and we can bring you in here onto the show. So again, big shout out to everybody that's tuning in today. I want to thank you. This is Miguel, the Gunny Signs, sounding Liberty Call. Get
1: off the bus! I do man. solemn swear that I, <laughs> I will support you yes, in the Constitution. Yes, the, Constitution. Yes, the
0: Constitution The Constitution of the United States. It's the whole is and domestic.